Hello and welcome to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. If you're ready to be independent in helping your family with acute and chronic conditions in a more natural way, if you're interested in learning how to use homeopathy at home, and if you enjoy positive, encouraging messages, then this is the podcast for you. Click subscribe, grab some coffee or tea, a pen, and a notebook, and get ready to learn how to use homeopathy at home in your family. The information in this podcast and its transcription is to be used for education only. The suggestions here should not replace the advice of your medical doctor, and you should never stop any prescription medications without the advice and direction of your doctor. I am not a physician. I am not prescribing, and I am not making healthcare decisions for you. It is your choice to use the information provided here and in any future communications with me regarding homeopathy and natural health care. Welcome back to Homeopathy at Home with Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Bree. I'm excited to talk with you tonight. Me too. We're going to cover a topic tonight, um, and we're going to be talking about addiction. So I said tonight, today, whatever time of day you're listening to this, I'm not sure why I said that. Um, So we're going to be covering addiction, and we're going to talk about what that could be, what it could look like, and then, of course, um, some remedies. So I'll kick off by talking about what addiction is. And addiction is defined by a compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. So it has to be positively reinforcing or intrinsically reinforcing. And typically an addiction tolerance builds builds up as you are on or using a substance or um, a medication. And then which means you need more of it to get that stimuli. And then there is a withdrawal process when you stop taking it. Um, If we look up compulsive behavior in our repertory, we find a whole range of remedies that deal with that type of compulsive addictive behavior. Um, These substances could be opium and its derivatives like morphine, codeine, heroin, Demerol, Tylenol with codeine, Vicodin, et cetera. Um, all of which I took as a teenager, not abusive. Like I didn't use them as, um, or in an abusive way, but I was given them. What? Not heroin. (laughs) Well, okay. Not heroin. Tylenol with codeine, I should say, and Vicodin. Both were given very freely to me as a teenager when I had surgery on my arm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually felt terrible taking them. I did not enjoy it, but it, I'm just throwing that in there to say it was, it's crazy how easily those are attained and just given out. Um, so could be things like that, alcohol, cocaine, cannabis. Um, we, people will say that it's not addictive, but, um, I know Melissa, you have seen otherwise in many ways clinically and in people that we know and myself included. And I think because it's become so common, people act like it's also not a gateway drug. Right. But in our opinion, I would say it absolutely is. 
um, amphetamines in general, hallucinogens, nicotine, so tobacco and nicotine addiction, vaping, gosh, that's also a big one right now, Mm -hmm. Um, coffee, hey, I wouldn't say necessarily. (laughs) Um, I, I like that you put that in there, though, because I there definitely are people who are addicted to coffee. Um, And then substances that can be abused as a result of allopathic treatment, um, similar to Tylenol coding and Vicodin, but you have Prozac, antidepressants, sleeping pills, sedatives, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So for some of those, you might not think about the rewarding stimuli, but they are there. So there's some kind of intrinsic reward, even though there's an adverse consequence. And then when you're trying to come off of them, there's a withdrawal and that horrible reaction that comes along with that. Yeah. Hahnemann said the narcotic substances are those substances that have the most clearly defined primary and secondary action. There's a primary response and there is an Mm -hmm. adverse secondary response. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So there are some other addictive behaviors that are not just substances, right? So gambling, shopping, where the person makes useless, useless purchases or extravagant purchases, Um, OCD, like purging, cleaning, cleansing. Mm -hmm. Um, You can look at the OCD rubric and the repertory, and you can pick out the compulsive aspects and think about to what extent does that apply to the addictive behavior in general. Food, a lot of people are addicted to food. Sugar, um, sex, self-harm. So within self-harm, pain that covers up another, there's a pain that covers up another pain. So it releases the equivalent of an opioid in the brain, the endorphins that make it addicting physiologically. Um, There's addiction to exercise, which I believe that I had in the past. I I loved it so much that even when I was sick, I didn't want to stop to let my body rest. I wanted to exercise. I looked forward to it so much. And I was in such a habit and a routine of getting up every morning at five and really working out hard. And um, I really loved how I felt. It was how I felt after mm-hmm. it gave me energy for the day. And I, so, so exercise is good. And yes, it's great that it gives us energy for the day, but, but, you know, this relationship between sports and gambling, the same sort of personality that will push themselves to be the top sportsmen exercising like crazy will be the same sort of personality that then turns toward often the gambling when their sporting days are up. Or they, or, you know, they run kind of parallel to each other. So extreme risk taking can be within that pushing themselves to the limit, then they become part and parcel of a bigger syndrome. So I didn't, I wasn't to that point, but I, I can see how somebody could get there. I loved it. You know, it just the, the feeling, and then there's the adrenaline junkie, the person that has to have some sort of risky behavior in their life just to feel alive. Um, and so there's also, again, that link to gambling, the gambling addiction, there's hoarding as an addiction technology, my goodness, um, these boys screen time is almost instantly addictive to these young boys. 
And I don't know what it is. It does something in their brain. Um, but, and I'm not just, I'm not singling out young boys, but there, that's what I see the most of these just video games, the gaming addiction, but you know, women and really anybody, social media, but especially, I think, especially women can be addicted to that social media. We're scrolling, we're scrolling, we're scrolling. Do you know how, how you can just all of a sudden realize how long have I been scrolling? right? And you don't even, you don't even notice it or, um, but also the, a, a part of that addiction to social media is I have this great idea or I post this great thought or whatever story, whatever. And, and you can become addicted to seeing how many people liked it, how many people commented on it, how many people loved it, how many people shared it. And so that's in a, you know, that gives you a good, a good feeling. Um, information addiction. Um, I can totally see that, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love to go to school. Like, where can I go to school next? I want to go I was just thinking school. that last night about you, like you would be in school forever if you could. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do. I, I want to learn. Um, yeah, forever. So, um, self-modification. So we see these people, you know, with all of the, the tattoos and the piercings and they don't just stop at a few, they, it's it's an addiction. So they just constantly, you know, they're just doing it, doing it, doing it. Um, there can be an addiction to cleaning, um, power, work. You know, we know the workaholic. So <clears throat> what do we mean to say, what do we, what do we mean when we say someone's addicted to alcohol or another drug? Um, so if you're a soric type, remember it's the um the soric miasm, if you don't know what the soric miasm is. I did teach a class on the miasms and we can link that in the show notes or you can find it on my website. Um, so if you're a soric type, then you're hardworking. And then at the end of the day, you just want to relax. You want to just have a drink or whatever you have. 20 years down the line, you would be considered to be addicted if you have to do that every single day. You work hard, you come home, you have to have a drink or you have to have a smoke or you have to have a a pill or whatever your thing is, right? To, to unwind, like just be that, you know, unwind and be still and to, to, to relax. You have to have something to help you relax. Um, The typical psychotic type, which is another type of miasmatic state is the person who is just sex, drugs, rock and roll, party, 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 party. Five years down the line, they're addicted. The typical syphilitic type, which is also another type of miasm, um, is the very first drink, the very the very first drug. That's it. They're addicted. I do not know about that miasm, like the miasmic link to addiction like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just points. Yeah. It's like your personality type. Um, and then of all of our miasms, we would say the carcinogenic, so meaning the, the carcinosin, the cancer miasm tendency is the most compulsive. Mm. And although the tubercular miasm would not be considered to be addictive in the sense that you get hooked on these because they want to change and they don't want to be pinned down to anything. So the fact of the matter is that they do like their risks the tuberculinum, the tubercular miasm. They like to take risks. 
They love their risk-taking. Um, that risk-taking could then lead to a tendency to become addicted to certain things. But it seems to be not the most addictive miasm <clears throat> to have. Maybe, maybe less addictive to substances. Right. Maybe more behavioral addictions or compulsions. Right. Exactly. And that does make sense. If you look up tuberculinum, that does have a lot more um, behavioral elements to it. Absolutely. Yep. So any miasm can either be the precursor of or the direct stimulant to addictive behavior. So a crucial factor with addiction is the withdrawal state. If for some reason, the thing that that the person really loves to do is remove from them, what is the reaction? That's what we're going to be looking at when we when we use remedies. <clears throat> so in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about the, a few different addictions and a list of remedies. I'm not going to go into great detail on differentiating between remedies like I do in some of the other podcast episodes because um, there is going to be, if there's not already by the time you listen to this, um, a mini course on addiction remedies because addiction is so rampant in our society. And so in that course, I'm going to differentiate between the remedies and really break it down. So alcohol dependency, some of the remedies are lachesis, nux vomica, sulfur, quercus, quercus, quercus. These, these spellings will be in the trend in the blog. So you can see what we're talking about. Um, sulfuric acid, cephalinum, and ledum. So just as a quick little note, the sulfuric acid remedy helps people to wean off of alcohol. Um, and that is different than sulfur. Sulfuric acid. I'm I'm saying I'm pretty sure that it is. I'm like clarifying because I have made that mistake yes. before. Sulfur, yes. just sulfur, is its own remedy. That's right. So it's different than sulfuric acid. So That's just right. remember that if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so uh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, oh, so in the meantime, until you can take the course, just look these each of these remedies up. There's not that many, right? We just said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven remedies. And look them up in your materia medica, read them and see. You can decide based on the remedy picture which one fits your picture the best. So you can do that until the, you know, unless you want to take the course. So the opioid dependency, which is opium, morphine, heroin, avena sativa, nux vomica, passiflora, and ipecac. Um, so avena sativa can be used to build someone up after they become hooked on morphine, opium, opi or opioids in general. And then ipecac is specific to that vomiting with the withdrawal mm. symptoms. Um, Bree, do you want to do stimulants? Yeah. So stimulants, um, like coffee, cocaine, amphetamines, you, we have five remedies. We have coffea, which probably most of you are familiar with camphor, chamomilla, 
Nux vomica saccharine or mm-hmm. saccharum, right? Is that? Huh. I wonder if saccharine means is the same as saccharum. <clears throat> because it says sugar addiction. Um, for it. sugar specifically, you could also do sulfur, kelp carb, lycopodium, or argentum nitricum. And we did a whole podcast episode on saccharum. We did, which is what made me think of that. So we have saccharum milk sugar, saccharum lactis, saccharum officinal, which is white sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. So. Yeah. So saccharine probably, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say probably is saccharum and um, which uh, saccharum officinalis or officinal. And if we find out different, then we will update the show notes. Yeah. Well, there also is saccharinum. Ooh. Which is from saccharin. Saccharin. And says it's a derivative of benzoic acid and is made synthetically from coal tar. It's a white powder readily soluble in warm water, but to only a slight extent in cold water. It's a foundation for many low-calorie and sugar-free products. It's 300 times as sweet as sucrose. Um, So... I, based on the way it's spelled in the Materia Medica, I want to, I want to say that this, where it says saccharin here, that just maybe it just is not supposed to have an E on the end of it. Yeah. It's supposed to be actually saccharinum, saccharinum, which makes sense. The like versus like it's a, um, it's not the actual substance is what I'm trying to say. So for sugar addiction, you can use like like substance and then gave you those other ones too for a possible sugar addiction yes okay all right nicotine addiction so avena sativa caladium tobacco and lobelia so what do you do if somebody wants to stop smoking um you you help the person they they can continue to smoke but they need to smoke consciously. So often smokers are just unconsciously really like, you know, they just reach, they don't even know how much they're smoking. They don't pay attention. So if we look at most of our addictive behavior, there's a point at which we just switch off. We're just becomes compulsive. That's where that compulsion comes in. So as a general rule, you cannot um, do something that is detrimental to you and be conscious. So when you become conscious about your smoking, like I'm really going to pay attention and, and be, you know, be conscious about this. I don't keep trying to say the same word, but I'm, you know, and then you are going to be more likely to say to, to not have some of those um, cigarettes or vaping or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, however you're getting the nicotine in, you're, you're going to be less likely to do some of those during the day than if you're just totally unconscious about it. So you become conscious about it and, um, and use the remedies and the remedies will help you to have less cravings. 
So you can also look up gambling in the repertory. And, and some of those remedies that we see um, are Lycopodium, Nux Vomica, uh, Metarhinum, and Veratrum album. Extreme exercising and sporting rubrics in the, in the repertory are sepia, carcinosin, roostox. Mm-hmm. Overeating is antimonium crudum, calcarb, lycopodium, and iodine, usually because there's a thyroid malfunction that causes them to overeat. Lack of susceptibility to anything that actually might lead you into an addictive behavior. So that rubric in the repertory shows us carboveg, moschus or moscus, and opium. And then a Prozac addiction would be fluoric acid because Prozac is fluoxetine. I love that there's, that's such a specific one. Say that again. That's so specific. There's one. So that's a great one. I mean, there you go. Let's start there if you have that or you know someone that way. Yeah. So um, there is uh, an addiction to plastic surgery, right? Because it really has to do with your ego, your appearance, the obsession that you have to, you know, your appearance has to be a certain way to, you know, to go with your ego. And so palladium, palladium, that's interesting. I want to make sure, is there actually a palladium? You often find remedies faster than I do if you want to look also. Yeah, I'll look it up. Partly, probably because I don't have my glasses on. Yeah, palladium metallicum. Okay, good. Okay, palladium metallicum, good. Um, I just wanted to make sure that was not supposed to say caladium. Yeah, okay, that was a good idea. All right. And then, um, so palladium is one. And then thuya. Thuya will have all of the psychotic aspects and all the fanatical compulsive behavior. So, so interesting. Yeah. There's your addiction remedies. You know, like I said, read them in the Materia Medica, do, you know, decide which one matches your picture the best. And then look for the mini course to come out where I will actually go through those and differentiate between the different remedies and, you know, when you would use which ones. Yeah. So just to ask a question, because that's what I do. Um what about people who have already started? Are we specifically talking, or could it be either? When they're still addictive and active addiction, and but they're willing to take remedies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you had said it would help curb that desire. Mm-hmm. And they can be used throughout the withdrawal process. Yes, both. Okay. That's right. Cool. Yeah. So whatever, whatever withdrawal symptoms you have, then you would look up you would look those up in the material in the repertory and in the course, we'll do that. We'll go through specific withdrawal symptoms and which remedies would be good for those also. So, okay. So would you take some of the ones we mentioned, are these sort of a, um, like a chronic remedy that you're going to take longer term as you're withdrawing or inactive addiction. And then if you have other symptoms, you would take some other remedies to match those like the vomiting or shakes or headache or delusions or whatever. Those would all be other remedies you could add alongside the ones we named tonight. 
That's what I would do as a okay. practitioner. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that is, yeah. I keep feeling like this thread of hope as we like in sharing homeopathy. Some of the situations we talk about are ones that people walk into like, this is just Nala. Um, they walk into these situations just so discouraged. Yeah. And to know that there are things that can help that you can use alongside it that are safe and work well and work long-term is just so good. I also had a last little thought. Um, some of the things we talked about, I just was sitting here thinking um, the spiritual aspect of some of the, these things that are, are good things. Mm-hmm. Obviously some of the substances are not in any way good for your body, but some of the stuff like, I mean, there's many of them, food, sugar. I mean, maybe not sugar, food, technology can be good. Exercise, cleaning, work. Yep. Um, God designed them to be good. And right. it's just really sad that um, the way that we distort them to serve ourselves and then they become yeah. bad, you know? Addiction creeps in when we focus on our own worldly fleshly desires. When I'm focused on what do I want? Let me, let me get what I want comfort. When we reach for comfort, then we read, then we, it can be whatever the thing is we're reaching for comfort for when it takes, it's taken the place of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, there's, there's a likelihood or a, or a, a way for addiction to come in. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for talking through this with me. And I'll look forward to teaching that class with you soon, Bree. Yeah, that's going to be great.